0: hey guys welcome to this week's podcast i go to start out by just saying a huge thank you to everybody that supported the patreon i can 't tell you how much it means to me that you guys I have your support both in the nice comments and in your donations and I promise it 'll all go to good use. The content you 'll see probably within two or three weeks start to get a lot better, the production will get a lot better and i 'm not sure how quickly i 'll be able to get a green screen in, but at least there 'll be cool stuff behind me rather than just a, a green pop up uh, you know background drop for it but you know thanks so much, and I really wish I had something more to show you guys this week, but to be honest. I have been really sick since the last time I shot that podcast, and all the way up till pretty much yesterday, I barely got off the couch, so this episode's gonna be kinda short and not much content, and I really, I know it's just an awful way to to say thank you to all the new Patreon subscribers, but I swear if I wasn't as sick as I was, I would have something cool this week. You know, I have two reviews that are sitting, waiting, that are weeks old, and I just you know, now that I'm starting to finally feel better, um, I can try to start getting on those, but hopefully by next week, uh, at the very least, I'll be in uh, a different location, and I'll have some more awesome news for you guys, so thank you so much, you know, once again, it's just, it's off to an amazing start, and I really think that we could make a big difference in the retro gaming community, so thanks again for your support, Um, tell other people, and uh, I'll keep it going as long as I possibly can. First up for the news, a digitally remastered version of Night Trap will be available in spring this year for the 25th anniversary, and I'm really excited because I really loved that game as a kid. I think I was drawn to the game because of the controversy of it, and and then I had to hunt down an original uncensored copy for my Sega CD, but to be honest, after I really sat there and played it, I just thought it was a neat game. And I know people really just kind of look down upon full motion video games nowadays, But back then it was exciting because we had nothing like that, Um, and I just I think it's just a very cool way to approach the FMV genre. And, you know, it's cheesy, but it's supposed to be cheesy, so I'm definitely looking forward to picking it up when it's released, and hopefully I'll be able to get a demo soon, and I have more information about a possible documentary and other stuff coming up, so hopefully I'll be able to feed you guys a bunch of really awesome Night Trap tidbits coming up, but I'm really excited for this one, and maybe I'll try to do a playthrough of the original um, before the new one comes out, just to see. I'm not sure if, uh, when I'll have time for that, but I'd really love to do that one of these days, so... Stay tuned. Next, Kevtris just released a firmware update for the High Def Nest Kit. That's the HDMI Nintendo board. He actually released two firmware updates. One, the main update, included different um, color palette support, such as the ones from FBX and RGB Source, as well as a bunch of different tweaks and upgrades. And then I guess he found a small bug in that, so he just released the 3.01 to fix it. But you don't have to do both. You could just skip to the 3.01 from whichever one you were at previously. But anybody that has a high-def should absolutely upgrade to this one, because it's just... You know, it should smooth out anything that was going on with the, uh, the original firmware. And he thinks this might actually be the last firmware for it at all, because there's absolutely no room left in the FPGA for any other features. And he thinks he got almost all of the bugs worked out. So if you really wanted a high def Ness, uh, this is you know probably the best time to buy one because the firmware is done and it's just a product that's ready to go. There's a new Zelda fan game called Breath of the Ness that was inspired by the 2D prototype that the Nintendo developers used to test Breath of the Wild and they of course have already gotten a takedown notice from Nintendo but they vowed to stay up and just change the the bare minimum in order to not get the takedown notice. So I'm kind of interested how this is going to play out. Um, More so for the (laughs) the legal side of it than anything else. But who knows? Hopefully it'll end up being a a fun playable demo game but uh, either way Good luck to them, I hope they don't get in too much trouble. Another update to the Neo Geo Pocket SD flashcard. Saint said that he's shipping out the first three beta carts for testing, uh, and there's one more that if he's able to repair might go out for another beta test. I hope that one's for me. Uh, But he also mentioned that not only is that project coming to the end, um, he's still making progress with the Jaguar cart, and he started talking about what he might try to do afterwards, and he said he would look into CD-based optical drive emulation, as well as a possibility to revisit some of the other ROM carts that don't have SD cards or menus, such as one for the virtual boy and i know personally that would be my uh, first choice that and a sega cd optical drive emulator because i love both of those consoles um and at least with the sega cd you could use cdrs now but with the virtual boy uh you can't save your save games from the current flash card and it doesn't support a larger file size so you can't run like the full version of the Street Fighter game the demo still runs but that Street Fighter 2 Turbo Virtual Boy looked absolutely awesome and I would really love to play it so uh, you know everybody that was maybe considering buying any stuff from Saint Definitely give it another thought, because I feel like the more we support him, the more he's going to dedicate time to making these very cool products for all of us. So I'll keep everybody updated on the current progress of the Neo Geo Pocket and Jaguar ROM carts, and anytime there's any news on anything in the future that he'll be working on. Some new footage of the Sonic Forces game was just released. And this is not the the Sonic 2D game that's going to be coming out, um, I think, in springtime or summer. This is the one that's coming out after it. that looks more along the lines of Sonic Generations. So I believe this is going to be 3D and with some 2D side-scrolling parts. And the demo shows the 2D stuff. And it looks very cool. I mean, I think, uh, you know, almost every retro gamer loves Sonic games and... You know, or at least the good ones. I mean, Sonic 2006 was pretty awful, and, you know, the port to Game Boy was pretty awful, but for the most part, you know, we love Sonic games, and I'm really looking forward to playing both of these, but I'm especially looking forward to playing the other one that's more of a, a true uh, sequel to the originals. But um, as soon as they come out, you know, I'll probably... I might even do a, a live Let's Play of those or something, but, you know, hey, the more 2D side-scrollers, the better, in my opinion, because those are my favorite type of games. A demo of a new NES homebrew game called Beetlejuice was just released. It's a top-down, Zelda-like adventure game, and although it's a work in progress, it looks pretty cool. So if there's any major updates on the project, or if I get a chance to do a playthrough, I'll definitely follow up. And thanks to my friend Chris for letting me know about this one. There's a new Vectrix ROM that was released called Dots, which is more of like a screensaver type application for a Vectrix. And uh, you can draw patterns on the screen to the sound of different sci-fi things. And it used the Vector Pilot overlay, I believe. So as it draws through, you get the different color uh, effects from it. And I actually, I love stuff like this, especially for rare consoles like the Vectrix, to to still see people still contributing and um, and making new stuff for it. Actually, Smoke Monster passed me along to this website, binarysoftware.com, and they have a bunch of different Vectrix things on there. So if you're a fan of the console, definitely check out the site. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was just released for the Switch. It got a bunch of great reviews, uh, and some people said they actually had it crash now and then. But for people who didn't have any crashes, they said they generally liked the game and were impressed with it. Um, I bought the one for the Wii U when it came out. And while I liked it, for whatever crazy reason, I didn't find myself playing it as often as I thought I would. So um, I haven't bought this one yet. I guess I'll wait till I finish the other games I've been playing on the Switch. And if I want just a fun, kill some time game, I'll pick it up. But if you like the Mario Kart games and you have a Switch, it makes sense to get one. I think this next piece of news can be filed under the who-gives-a-shit category, but Nintendo just uh, announced a 2DS XL is coming July 28th. So, to quote everybody on Twitter, they basically discontinued a product everybody wanted, the NES Classic, and announced a product that no one asked for or cares about, the 2DS XL. Um, i just i don't get it at all it's 150 dollars so if it was super cheap then i could totally see how that would boost sales just to keep uh, to keep those games going but for 150 i mean i don't know I, maybe i'm wrong you know feel free to, to post down below if you think i'm stupid for saying all this but i just can't see this selling and i think it's just a waste of time they should have put their efforts into things that people are really asking for and want but i guess you know time will prove if i'm wrong or not Next, after a ton of beta testing, Laka version 2.0 is now official. So Laka is that multi-emulator software that runs on a ton of different platforms, including the Raspberry Pi. And with the exception of the custom-made uh, front ends that people have done, that's my favorite go-to software for the Raspberry Pi as of now. So the, the guys from RGB Pi as well as um, retrotink.com all have customized versions. I believe Arcade Forge has a, a, t- a customized version as well. Um, not of LACA, of their own software, basically. But um, when if you want just a generic version um, that runs everything, this is still the one I recommend. And mainly because I think it's the perfect balance of ease and control. So you can control which cores you launch things with very easily. You know, it's not quite as easy as just dumping ROMs and going like the other versions like RetroPie, but uh, you do get that slight more control. But the main thing for me is it also fully supports the built-in Wi-Fi card and the Raspberry Pi 3. So for a lot of people that's not really a big deal, but for me it totally is because that way I could just load this up and then SSH into it and do everything wirelessly that I need to. Um, But Luckily, this isn't a a one-size-fits-all solution. Maybe other software would be better for your needs. And it's all free, so give them all a try and see what fits uh, the needs of your Raspberry Pi setup or anything else best. Um, And, you know, if you have one that you very much prefer over the other, definitely let me know. And speaking of custom Raspberry Pi installations, Mike Chi, the creator of the RetroTank products, has just posted a guide in a video on how to customize different Raspberry Pi resolutions And he's also gone in and detailed exactly what a lot of the line items in that config text are, because that was something that was confusing a lot of people, and I didn't even really know what each one of those did. A lot of the work that I was doing was just copying and pasting, and I was really just messing with resolutions and timings. But he goes in and explains everything, which is pretty handy. So I haven't had a chance to test the new Laka or his custom software or even the latest version of the RGB Pi yet, but it's really awesome that so many people are making all this different progress. And uh, maybe, if at all possible, I'd love to get all these guys on, like, a a group roundtable discussion one day. I don't know if that's even possible with the different time zones or if anybody even cares, (laughs) but uh, I would really like to to see all these minds working together. Um, Instead of, you know, independently is always great, but I wonder if we could just all trade some secrets and try to get this stuff as perfect as possible. So I guess... um, You know, maybe I'll ask them about that, but let me know your thoughts, or, you know, if any of you guys are watching, um, definitely let me know what you think about your own products and if you'd like to collaborate, or or even just kind of have one roundtable discussion and chat with each other. There's been another update to the MK2 Plus project. Now that's the project that's working on enhancing Mortal Kombat 2, but in a way where you could flash it onto its own chip and put it in a real Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine, not just emulation. Um, So there's more info on the actual website, and I'm showing the video demo right now, but it looks absolutely awesome, and I hope I can eventually get my hands on a Mortal Kombat 2 arcade machine so I can install this in it. Next, a new video was just posted showing the updates to Darksoft's Neo Geo ROM cart project, and in the video, it's a a long, detailed video that kind of goes through all the different features, and while the menu still isn't finished, it's showing a lot of great progress has been made, and it shows some very, very fast loading times, which, while that's not a necessity, it's pretty freaking awesome. So I wish those guys the best of luck, and I I hope that cart comes out soon, because uh, you know it's it's always hard to, to, as a consumer, to see all these teasers and not have one. But I totally understand. Take as long as much time as needed to make it perfect. Uh, and if anybody does need a Neo Geo ROM cart right now, the Neo SD is currently shipping. And uh so far, I really don't have too many complaints about it. I mean, I just uh having all the ROMs dumped in the root folder does make it hard for the different versions of the ROMs that are maybe slightly different but named that's pretty similar um, The load times are long with bigger games, but that's kind of the least of my worries uh and I did have an issue with it. found out that it was actually um specific to one aES console that I was using. So I don't think the problem was in the Neo SD. I think the problem was in my AES that I was testing it with. So if somebody needs a cart right now, that seems to be the Neo SD seems to be a great solution. And if you want, you know, much faster load times and a few other features added, maybe hold off for Darksofts. Pre-orders for the GSCART Switch Lite should be open by the time you see this video or within a few hours of it. And that's the GSCART Switch that has two SCART outputs instead of having the VGA output on the side. Um, no VGA this time, it's just the two SCARTs. But the big thing about the GSCART Switch Lite is it has what uh, the Creator Super-G is calling Digital Sync Processing which takes any sync signal of the eight uh, input ports and converts them to 75-ohm C-Sync. So that it doesn't matter if it's composite video, TTL sync, sync on Luma, or if it is just regular 75-ohm. Whatever goes in, it comes out 75-ohm C-Sync, which is really great for people in the retro gaming world because many products are only designed for 75-ohm C-Sync. Some could do both, that and TTL, But most, you'll actually shorten the life of the product if you use TTL when you should be using 75 ohm. So, um... This is just really the perfect way to solve that, and it, depending on the compatibility and depending on how well it works, which I think it's going to work great, um, you know, everybody might want to consider getting one of these. Which it's funny because he calls it the GSCART Switch Lite, but it's still a pretty fully loaded switch, eight ports, automatic switching. The only thing it would be missing is the uh, this is the original GSCART, and that has a D-sub out as well as a separate audio out, and then switchable between RGBHV and RGBS. So, um, I have, uh, I'm have i going to be having and using both, but for two completely different reasons, and different setups. So once I get it in, um, this is just still the prototype of it. Once I get the newest version in, I'll do a full review, and uh, I really just, uh, I'm totally standing behind both of his switches, because they're both awesome, and they've been a major tool in my setups, that just, they're tremendous help. So um, if you guys are interested, definitely pick one up. pre order should be open for a few weeks. So, within about two months from now, you should take delivery of it, give or take, of course. There's also news on the G Comp switch, that's the four port component video switch that Super G also sells. He said he should have stock of those within three weeks, and that's not going to be a pre-order. He should actually have full stock of these. So obviously, as soon as they're available, I will tweet, post on Facebook, and let everybody know on the podcast. But that's another great product that I totally support, and I think he did a great job on. So I just wanted to give everybody an update on that as well. And for the last bit of news, there's just a reminder that the consoleized Game Gears from the Behar Brothers will go on sale this Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So that's Friday, the uh, Friday May 5th at 11 a.m. If you guys are interested, and there's limited quantities of it, so I'm sure they're going to go very quickly. Now onto the Q and A's. First, I just wanted to thank everybody that chimed in about the trusted modders thing. Um, I'll have that page up eventually. The website needs a huge overhaul, which I'm really trying to get to. I'm just waiting on a few other things to to happen first. But um, that page will go up, and I really just want people on there that I know for sure I could trust to send other people to. And you know, just don't take it the wrong way. If you're a modder and you're not up there or anything, this isn't supposed to be some kind of, like cool exclusive club for the you know all the cool kids or any of that bullshit it's not like that at all i just i want to guarantee that whoever's up there that we're all confident that if somebody sends them a couple of consoles and a few hundred dollars it'll come back good you know done well done the right way and it's not hard to do things the right way. I mean, I you know, Voltar always jokes around about how bad some of my early work was, but he's, he's right both that I really did need to improve and that if I could do it, anybody could do it. I don't have, like, an inherent talent for this. Some people grab a soldering gun and they just become an artist and make these perfect creations, and that's not me. So I just feel like if I could do it, anybody could do it. And I just to see a lot of the terrible, terrible work I've seen on eBay, and there's a, a couple of pretty notorious eBay modders, three I could think of off the top of my head, that people still praise. Even last week in the comments, somebody said, oh, I bought it from this person and it was fine but it's awful work, and I just, I don't, I don't ever want to promote that, I also don't want to become the mod police, I don't want to be that asshole that goes, you know, talking badly about people and, and pinpoints, you know, let's all go make fun of this guy, like, maybe I should, but I don't want to be that guy, I like talking positively, not, I don't want to sit here and bash people, but to that exact point, I want everybody on that trusted modder list to be somebody that I, I would be happy to brag about. So I think asking for you know pictures of work plus a reference from somebody else in the modding community is fair. And it's not like any of us are hard to get a hold of, you know what I mean? Just tweet us, send us an email, find us on Facebook, the YouTube videos, anything. There's a million ways to get a hold of us. And there's ways to do it where it's just really easy. So... Thank you for your feedback. I'm glad I'm going about this the right way. Or at least, according to you guys, I'm going about this the right way. So uh, thanks again, and once that page is up, I'll let everybody know. Next, a few people chimed in about the demo scene videos I was talking about last week. They said that there's a website called powit.net. Poet? I, I know I'm saying it wrong. Um, P-O-U-E-T dot net um, is a great site for finding other very cool demo scene videos. And they said most have YouTube links so that you could actually just uh, check them out before downloading. So thanks for chiming in and letting me know. Uh, I'll definitely check those out when I have a chance to. Next, in regards to the Wonderboy A Dragon's Trap video from last week, Bumtree got- <laughs> Bum tree. I'm sorry, I'm getting a mental picture of what a bum tree might be like. <laughs> um, he commented that the first remake of the game for the PC Engine TurboGrafx 16 was made by the original devs and actually did run at 60 frames per second. So I haven't had a chance to try that out yet, but I will definitely give it a chance as soon as I get in front of my TurboGrafx 16. So thanks for letting me know. Next, John Malia asked if anybody had information on what's the best laser assembly to replace on a PlayStation scph 1001 Should he get one off Amazon, or should he use one from a PS1? You know, the PS, the mini ones. Um, I actually, that information's changed over the years, because there used to be a great website to get all this stuff, and then they stopped selling them. So, I would actually like to know that myself. Uh, Where's the greatest... Or where's the best places to buy these optical laser replacements, um, and and why, if possible? So if anybody knows, please comment down below. Finally, a few people were commenting about TTL sync versus seventy five ohm and what they get out of an Extron crosspoint, and then I even saw on the forums that Super G said that on his original GSCART switch. The uh, sync output of the SCART connector was 75 ohm, but on the VGA connector, it was actually TTL. So this just keeps getting more and more confusing. I've been delaying my new updated sync page because of this, and there's only one solution. i got to buy an oscilloscope. So I'm going to buy that this week. I'm going to start testing all this stuff myself, and I'm going to try to put uh, a very clear and easy-to-use chart up on the website so that everybody will know what exactly to use in which scenario. Um, If you're using it right now, if you're not sure, um, it's okay in the short term. Using TTL through something that requires 75 ohm is not good for it, and it'll shorten the life. But, you know, you're not going to kill it in a week or two, so I wouldn't worry so much right now. But I want to get an oscilloscope set up. I want to have a very clear a guide on what to do for each console, how to make sure that each cable has the right components in it, which should be easy enough that anybody could add the components to the SCART head of the cable, uh, as well as any what to do if your scenario doesn't um, doesn't allow for that, such as like with these Xtron cross points. A couple of them apparently are only outputting TTL, so if you're going from that to and then eventually to your target device, what do you do from there? And I want to have solutions for all that stuff. So stay tuned and I will get to it as quickly as possible. And now I'm going to go max out my credit card on an oscilloscope. (laughs) Well, that's it for this week. Once again, I just want to thank everybody so much for all their support and the Patreon. And, you know, it was cool. The only trolling I got was actually from Nick from HD Retrovision. So, uh, thanks, dude. I'll see you up in Canada. (laughs) But, in all seriousness, honestly, thank you. I can't tell you how much all the support means to me. And once again, I'm really sorry that the first week into a Patreon, I have nothing for you other than a really short weekly roundup. I've probably gone through about, you know, seven glasses of water while recording this, just trying not to cough my brains out and pass out. So, um, I'm feeling better, and hopefully I'll be back on my feet soon, and next week you'll have a real episode with an interview, and maybe a product review video, hopefully Hopefully. so just thanks again so much um you know spread the word let's try to keep this stuff going and, and i'll try to give as much as i possibly can back to the community and hopefully eventually have an updated site ton more content and i'm just i'm really going to keep pushing as long as i possibly can so thank you guys so much as always any comments or criticism please post down below and i'll see you next week